This podcast and its content was created and recorded on Ghana land. We would like to acknowledge the Ghana people, the traditional custodians of the land we reside on and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. G'day, here we crew, episode nine, coming at you. My name is Lauren, hosting again. What have I got myself into? Please uh, welcome my co-host, Sam. Hello, Lauren. Ben. Hi, Lauren. And we have uh, another COVID protocol, unfortunately, this week. Dan. Uh, he actually has it as well. He has COVID. He's positively Dan. COVID. And he had a quiet word that he was keeping that confidential. Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Oh, were you? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, no. No one told me that. <laughs> Dan, welcome uh, from your t- cosy home there. How are you feeling? You. I'm in my COVID cave. Feeling okay? Living the dream. Yeah, just living the dream. Um, as all those people who've had COVID so far know, um, it's a good time. Well, yep. you had a good time in uh, isolation. Oh, yeah, I was fine though. Didn't get COVID, so just watching TV. It was all, all good. Uh, anyway, let's... Uh, Talk about what we're going to talk about. What? <laughs> Let's crack in. What are we talking about? Yeah. Uh, what are we talking about? Uh, well, obviously, the Crows women's are uh, in the finals, uh, smashed St Kilda over the weekend. Mm. So we will review that game and take a look at our potential prelimin- preliminary final opponents. Uh, we have our first men's player interview this week, talking to the fabulous Mitch Hinge who has come back from a year off and has been certainly impressing in the preseason, I feel. So we're going to have a quick chat to him and see how he's going. Uh, we're going to preview our round one game for the men's against Fremantle and we're going to introduce a brand new segment to Here We Crow. So can't wait to get into it. Pre-game warm-up. Yes. Sam, please introduce us to this week's beverage. Okay, we have got a beer from Bond Store in Wallaroo this week, which um, probably a lot of people aren't all that familiar with unless you've been to Wallaroo. They, they do distribute down here a little bit, as Ben found out today, but not something that you just see everywhere. Um, awesome venue. They make lots of craft beer, plenty of gin, Uh Probably, I would actually say easily, the best place to go in Wallaroo. We were there and it was an absolutely filthy, hot, windy day. And this place is like a little mini oasis. It was beautiful. Uh, really good food. Excellent venue. Um, we've got a beet jail here, 4.7%. They say it's the perfect brew for bonding with family and friends. So I can't actually remember where they had this on tap when I was there. But um, they do have some fancy new labels and some nice new cans. So pretty excited to try this. Bougie looking. My, my, gra- my grandparents used to live in Wallaroo, so I spent lots of time there as the kid. Um, where was your favourite place improved. to drink when you were there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, wherever my uh, grandpa was on the pokies, probably. <laughs> uh, don't think the Cooper's Ale House has pokies. Yeah. Mm, it smells. Uh, it's not as. Um, doesn't smell as like crazily hoppy as some of the beers we've drank on this podcast. No, you'd expect this to be a little bit tamer being Beach Owl. I think it's probably just their take on the Pacific Owl. Just didn't want to use the name. 
would be my guess. I'd like to say thank you, uh, big thanks to Ben for dropping me the beer all the way. Uh, he lives down south and I live up northeast, so thanks, Ben. No worries, Dan. Just, just looking after the hosts of the pod. Yeah, that's right. And just thank you to Regions as well for supplying this beer. Regions again. We love Regions in Dulwich, Dulwich Avenue. Go down there. It's a really cute little shop. Just to be clear, we did pay for the beer, so it's not, we always it's pay not a sponsored, for the beer. sponsored segment. Not but at all. Maybe not yet. But we still love the shop. So. We do. I need some practice pouring. Oh, oh, what is that, Dan? Actually, that's not bad. <laughs> that big glass. That's all right. Get your trial shift down at the cranker if you want, mate. Yeah. Uh, Dan, Thanks, <laughs> let's talk about uh, your music for this week. Yeah, I'm going to talk about a band I was meant to be seeing today at WOMAD, but sadly got COVID and here I am. But um, King Stingray. Um, so they played this afternoon. I've heard some good things already about their set. Um, they're an indie rock band or a Yolmu uh, surf rock band from northeast Arnhem Land and Queensland. So they're featuring a mixture of uh, Yolmu, which are Aboriginal tribe, and Ballander, uh, non-Aboriginal lads. Um, they perform in both English and uh, Yolmu Matha, which is the dialect of the Yolmu tribe. Um, lead singer Yerna Yunapinyu is nephew of a couple of founding members of Yothi Yindi as well. Um, so you can definitely hear a bit of a distinctive sound in his voice. Um, and I was lucky enough to see them live um, in Hobart last year as part of the Dark Mofo Festival. Their, their track, um, Get Me Out, um, was one of my top tracks of 2021. And that's the song I'm going to play um, the snippet from. So there was Get Me Out by King Stingray. Uh, they played today at WOMAD uh, in this, this afternoon, actually, Monday afternoon. Uh, we'll go from the top, we'll get Ben's thoughts. Yeah, no, they, they sounded pretty good. Um, you can certainly hear the, the Yothi Indie sort of influence, um, particularly with the lyrics. Um, but, yeah, no, it was quite catchy with the music as well. And it was pretty good. Yeah, it was catchy. I haven't listened to anything they've done before. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. Like music, musically, it was exactly what I really liked to be honest. So yeah, definitely give them a bit more for a run. Yeah. They've just got the three tracks so far, um, on Spotify. So I think they've got some big stuff to come this year. Yeah, cool. Uh, Lauren, what about you? Yeah. I uh, love a bit of King Stingray. There's something just so, um, beautiful, no matter what the genre about, you know, indigenous and first nations people singing in their native language. I just absolutely love it in any um, sort of music, uh, you might Dan, you might be aware of um, Nancy Bates, who is in a band called Jungala Barker, and she also sings in her native tongue, and it's just absolutely wonderful. So yeah, big fan of that, and I hope uh, we hear more of that. You know, coming out of different places around Australia, we'd mm. love to hear more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you do get the chance to see them this year, um, uh, assuming we get back to full touring, I definitely recommend um, going out to see King Stingray. Right, over to you, Lauren. Oh, thank you. Uh, this week, changing it up a little bit, I guess, um, taking it back a couple of years with this track, but um, I wanted to feature an artist that is a big AFL fan and um, someone that I admire, and his name is Blake Scott. You may know him as the lead singer of the band The Peep Temple, who had the hit song 
Carol. And I don't think Trevor is good for you. I don't want to be a fucking Christmas ham. I just want you to love me like I love you, Carol. And I don't think Trevor is good for you. I don't think Trevor is good for you. Uh, Carol was a huge hit for the Peep Temple. Uh, since they released their two records, Blake uh, went and did his own solo record. I would call him uh, the modern-day Australian poet. Uh, it's very much kind of a spoken spoken word kind of album. It's uh, The debut album from him was called Nishitam. Uh, and the first single from that album was called Fever, and that's what we're going to play a little bit for you tonight. We're going to keep it. I got a fever Base rate goods at a top end spend Fever I won't slow up till I reach Yes, the definitely an interesting track um, I actually wanted to play a second part of it I might go to some comments before I do that um, Sam? Fever? Yeah, uh, completely new to me Both of those tracks Sounds right up my alley though I'll definitely give that a go Peep Temple's definitely your kind of like pub rock band, but um, I would say like rivaling the drones in terms of political uh, commentary. Mm. Uh, ben? Um, yeah, not too bad. It's a bit of a loophole swear jar option for you though, Lauren. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm using it. I'm using it. Uh, Dan, Blake Scott fan? Yeah, I haven't given a lot of Blake Scott some um, solo stuff to go, so that definitely opened the door for me to have a bit of a listen because I wasn't a massive fan of um, what I heard of Peep Temple, um, especially you know, Carol's such a great track that you played there. Um, definitely recommend that one to the the other guys on the pod. Um, yeah, I'll get into it. I did just want to play um, one second part of that song, which I just it's got so many good parts in it. It was really hard to choose uh, a section of it, but I just wanted to play this little bit from uh, after the second chorus because it's fun. They just can't get it done. I'm like a pig and shit in the days of the living sun. I'm like a pig and shit in the land of the living sun. I don't know why, but that's just so Australian to me and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I did want to mention um, Blake Scott did uh, randomly, he did like a flybys ad and it is the most ridiculous ad I've ever seen in my life. I'll post it to our Twitter um, page. I'll post the link so you can check it out. It is absolutely amazing. And I'm not promoting flybys at all, but it is um, something to behold. Anyway, Black Scott, get into it. Ben, we actually have some – we've got some eels news. Did you want to update the listeners on the eels? Um, I can't take credit for this this news, but it is um, – yeah, never let it be said I'm not bringing out relevant musicians. <laughs> Do you want to say you, what the news is? <laughs> uh, they've got a new album um, and they seem to have dedicated one song to us. Amateur yes. Hour? It's called Amateur it? Hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we probably should play it because it's exactly what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Surely that's our new theme Definitely song. Definitely going to be we a new theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that one uh, can't be about Josh Rochelle, but uh, yeah, I'm sure no. there's going to be someone that's going to fill <laughs> fill that role. Yeah. 
Uh, apart from us, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to call of all the blunders players make a year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that works. I think it's definitely going to get a workout on this podcast, put it that way. I'm Mark Ricciuto and here we crow. All right, let's talk women's footy. Uh, the Crows defeated St Kilda two goals, two fourteen to seven goals, 11-53. Uh, it was an absolute smashing on the Crows' behalf. Uh, Ashley Woodland kicking two goals, three, and therefore taking out the Coleman Award, which is a fantastic effort. Uh, guys, what did we think of the game? Yeah, I watched the replay yesterday because I didn't get to see any of it live, but it was probably pretty typical of a lot of our games this year. Certainly early on, we, despite absolutely dominating that first quarter, we went in behind somehow at quarter time, which was quite amazing. Uh, and then there, from there, we got the wind in the second quarter, got a bit of a lead then and just didn't really let them back in the game at all from that point. Not at all. Uh, ben? Yeah, I'd, I'd class it as a reasonable win. Not that excited about it, but it was um, good. Yeah, frustrating first quarter, I think. Both quarters that we were into the wind, we really struggled to get into a good uh, attacking positions. Like our entries were very shallow and sometimes not like either as our forwards or the kicker not judging how far the ball was about to go because it, it dropped well short of the target. So, yeah, yeah I think... The second time we, we kicked into the wind, we, we did a lot better and we did score a little bit. But, yeah, the, the first quarter, we struggled to adjust to the conditions. Uh, Dan, any comments on yeah, the game? Yeah, uh, pretty pretty similar to the other guys. I think we were pretty close um, to our predictions, I think. If you played back last week's part, I think we were fairly close to all. Yeah, I think I predicted four goals, yeah. so close there. But, close um, there. I think my seven goals was just about there. <laughs> Did you say seven? Someone said seven, someone said four. Someone's Jesus. close, someone's not. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Woodland, um, yeah, as you said, leading goal kicker. That was really good for her to get that in the end. I think, um, you know, after she kicked a couple of bags before at the start of the year, hasn't quite sort of had another big bag like that. But it was nice to see her get that. And, and um, our mate, champion Josh, friend of the pod, um, has uh, did put an interesting stat up about Taylor Harris, and um, I don't I don't like to stick stick the, uh, the boots into Taylor too much because I think you know she's definitely much maligned because of the statue that she got built. But um, but you will given that she was. Um, but here you go. <laughs> I said, no, but you no, will. I won't. I won't. Um, but given that, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the point that Josh made was that she was. Um, you know, Woodland was basically given away for nothing from from Melbourne, um, and they picked up um, Taylor Harris, and Woodland's gone out and taken out the leading goal kicker. So um, it speaks volumes for how much she's progressed and how well she's done in the Crows' colours. And Woodland was a defender for them, wasn't she? Not sure. I didn't Not watch sure. too many Melbourne I games. Yeah, I thought I thought she's done like a reverse Chelbo, where she's gone from attack to defence, and Woodland's gone from defence to attack. It was only four games she played, wasn't it, for Melbourne? Yeah, yeah. So good turnarounds and another win for the Crows in getting her for uh, for nothing. Yep. It, was, it was nice to see Eloise Jones back on the field. She was great. Fantastic to see AJ on the field. Absolutely. Now I wanted to talk about some dog acts, dog Ooh, acts that happened that in the word. game. I like, I like when Lauren brings up these dog acts. Yeah. yeah this is, we need, maybe, might need a jingle for this one. Um, now, there was a – I think it was – Can we not make it who let the dogs out? No, we, that will definitely uh, That's the happen. first one that came to my head. Oh, no. <laughs> You've got better taste than that, Dan. She, come on. No, I do. I do. We'll come up with something. 
Now, a uh, friend of the pod, Justine Mules, or Mulesy as we uh, know her as, was involved in a little bit of a, just a weird, like, bizarre behaviour from uh, a player whose team has no chance at a finals berth and isn't playing to get into the finals. But uh, Justine took a uh, nice little mark there, won, won the mark from a contest and... Went back to take the kick. She played on and uh, McCarthy from the Saints came straight in and real late bump, um, which was just so unnecessary. And uh, she obviously got a, she got the kick away, so she, I don't think she got a free kick. but Or did she? I don't know. I can't remember, actually. It was downfield. Yeah, the kick was downfield. Um, but the bump was so unnecessary. And then after that, she kind of like got in her grill. Like she was, you know, kind of wanted to keep – it going, which uh, to Mulesy's credit, yeah. she definitely backed off of that <laughs> interaction. Uh, however, Stevie Lee Thompson, uh, maybe a couple minute, couple of minutes later after that, was uh, kicking for a goal, and uh, McCarthy shoved Mulesy um, off the ball, like onto the ground. Like, what are you doing there? Like, what is the meaning of this? I don't understand. It's just like so unprofessional. And I will say that, like, Jocelyn Mills, ultimate professional, gave her a big hug after the game. Like, you know, obviously no love lost there. But I just, like, I understand that, you know, it's an aggressive game, but I feel like some of the girls are really taking it a little bit too far. We talked about Snell on Munyard in the Bulldogs-Crows game a few weeks ago who kind of body slammed Munyard to the ground uh, as she was trying to get up. Like, you know, I just – I feel like it's just really grotty, like – gameplay and it's just yeah it doesn't sit right with me at all um i just thought mills did a good job of you know she got laid out first reaction was to get up and start remonstrating with the player but thought better of it before she got there yeah she's got finals to play bigger things not like st kilda well we hope so she um did get cop a bit of an injury as well so hopefully that's nothing too serious yeah they said they ended up saying elbow contusion which is better than i thought maybe a dislocation so that's a lot better than it might have been yeah you're you're our uh, podcast doctor so I trust your judgment on that. <laughs> I think contusions like fancy bruise. Anyway, I think I just want to – Thank you. Thanks. What I'm trying to say is just bloody rein it in, girls, because um, people can get severely hurt and injured and that's not what you want. And especially if, you know, if you're not really playing for anything, sure, you're playing for your team, but it's very silly to uh, get into stuff like that. Um, just keep it chill, ladies. Keep it chill. Yeah. Just one last point about yes, the game. Ben. I think where I wasn't, you know, overly amazed by the result, I think – we dominated territories, so we were 38 inside 50s to 12. So, And we, we did win comfortably, but we're not going to get that many additional chances against teams come finals. And yes. I've just wowed <laughs> everybody. Yeah. No, well, that, that first quarter was just prime that, wasn't it? it into the wind, of course, but um, had all these chances, had a huge amount of the ball. And in the end, they got a 50-metre penalty and kicked a goal and went into quarter time in front. So, yeah, and that's against St Kilda. But hopefully, yeah, we'll benefit from having the week off and um, come out strong the following week. Yeah, I don't want to be too negative. They they won the game by, what, 40 points. So it's, yeah, pretty handy result. It was an expected win, though. And, uh, again, we really have to work on our goal kicking if we're going to be able to take on Melbourne and Brisbane because or whoever we're playing next week. Sorry, Dockers and... Or North, North Melbourne. Yeah. We're definitely going to have to work on our goal kicking if we have any <laughs> chance of winning any sort of final, let alone grand final. So let's see how we go with that. 
Uh, let's do some player votes. Sam. Yeah, I've gone pretty boring for my three again this week. Um, <laughs> Marinoff, 25 disposals, 12 tackles, 400 metres gained. It's uh, I just – I want to ignore it, but you can't, I think. And she was just – watching the replay this morning, she was just in so much of the play. Uh, Phillips for two, 19 disposals, 11 contested, one goal one. It was a really solid game from her. I didn't give her any votes last week. Even Lauren gave her three. But um, yeah, two games in a row now that she's been more than serviceable after a couple of quieter weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for one vote, I actually gave it to Gould. I thought around the ground, she was really strong. She had a few disposals that went amiss, especially into the wind that fell a bit short, went straight to St Kilda players. But you take those out of the equation and it was a really, really solid game. Yeah, she did have a good game. Yeah, um, my top two, I sort of flipped from Sam. Um, so I went Aaron Phillips, uh, 19 disposals, goal and five marks. I thought that when the game, you know, when St Gilda were in the lead by a goal um, and the second quarter we just needed to take the game by the scruff of the neck, it was Aaron who turned the tide, um, I felt. Noffy obviously had a massive game again with 25 and 12 tackles. The 12 tackles um, were the big the big one for her. And I went for icon of the pod, Rochelle Martin, for one vote with 14 disposals, five tackles and three marks. Sorry, just waking up again from Sam's boring um, vote. <laughs> Um, oh, so I had Jesus Christ, so you, Dan. Have you noticed how be- big Ben's head's gotten after last week? Bit of me time in the music yeah. section, and all of a sudden, look at him prancing around. You should see the coat he wore in here tonight. I think the reaction's oh, a little bit strong there. He so. looked like the Geelong players walking in for the preseason. Game. I know, yeah, absolutely disgusting. He actually, he actually, he actually um, had a red carpet rolled out. Yeah, at my house when he came in, he just stepped out of a white limo. So, it's, um, it's just that one of your dogs is defecated on it first. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, who you got, Ben? So if we could just get back to the vote, um, <laughs> I had Marinoff for three possessions and yeah, twelve tackles again. So another big game. I had Eloise Jones for two. I just thought we really missed that line-breaking run that gives us you know, a better um, penetration into our forward line. And I gave one to Woodland for her two goals and winning most goals for the year. Excellent. Oh. Uh, Got to say. <laughs> Pretty enticing. It was, it was a bit of variation from your two. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to disappoint you. And um, my votes are very similar to Ben's, but uh, – just to surprise you all, I've got mm-hmm. Ebony Marinoff for three votes. So take that, guys. Not ragging on <laughs> Ebony this week. Uh, she gets my three. Oh. Um, I've got two for Ashley Woodland for two goals, three, plus the Coleman winner. Fantastic effort from Ash all season. And uh, I've got one vote going to Eloise Jones. 16 disposals at 77% efficiency, which is fantastic. And she also gave a bit to McCarthy after – uh, she shoved Millsy over. <laughs> worth a vote. I enjoyed. Definitely worth a vote. I wanted to give a special mention to Caitlin Gould, actually. Uh, 16 hitouts and took an- another couple of good grabs. Uh, and Hatchard, obviously, another amazing game. And icon of the pod, Rochelle Martin, took an amazing mark and kicked a specky goal. So good on you, Rochelle. You're up there for me. Soldiers on. Soldier on. Soldier on. Uh, Dan, who have, you, who have you got for your Sarah Allen soldiers on this week? I had Tia Charlton, who's been up there a few times, 16 disposals and four tackles. I thought she played a really solid game again. Um, I went with Chelsea Randall. It was just really good to see her back, the way she just attacks the ball so hard when it's on the ground. It's flashy when she gets it, but she really just puts her body on the line when she, to get it. 
definitely. Sam? I don't care what you say. It's Chelsea Bedell again. You know, I'm just trying to get her up the top there. Yeah, No, she did, she <laughs> no, did have she a great, great game. Yeah, she, um, yeah. She, again, she was just uh, running off her plate. She just managed to run off her player and grab the ball in heaps of circumstances there, which was crucial for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a little one-two play that she did and then absolutely held someone with her kick. Um, perfect play. Yeah. Uh, my soldiers on goes to Nikki Gore, who came back into the side this week, or was it last week? I can't remember now, but uh, she had a great game. And although her stats don't really tell a tale, she was in a lot of the contests and um, really made a difference for us, I feel. Having said that, it is the end of the rounds before we get into finals. Are we counting finals? Have we decided? I don't know if we have decided or not, but um, I've got to tell you. I thought we were counting finals because it's more a best and fairest. I think we do. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah, all right. We'll count finals. I've got to say... End of last week, Hatchie and Noffy absolutely neck and neck. And when I say neck and neck, I mean they were tied. Can't get any more neck and neck than e- that. Either of them could take this out. I hope we can get one of them at least on the pod uh, to give it to them if they win it. If, if, when they win it, I mean. <laughs> and the Soldiers On is also <laughs> a tight race. So looking forward to seeing who takes out the inaugural Sarah mm. Allen Soldiers On and the inaugural uh, Here We Crow Best and Fairest. What's that called? We haven't, have we officially named it yet? Well, I'm starting to think maybe it should be the Ebony Marinoff Best and Fairest. Yeah. I think we will have to discuss that um, off air. But, um, no, let's do it now. No. <laughs> Take it off <laughs> uh, Anyway, can't wait to see uh, who the girls play out of North Melbourne and the Dockers. Do we have any predictions? Um, uh, full, full season. <laughs> you would suggest that Frio had the stronger form for most of the season. Um they dropped off, particularly that game against Melbourne, but they did have a lot of laid outs due to COVID. So I would have thought Frio, they're unlucky they have to travel, but they didn't quite get there with their percentage. But I still think they'll get over the line. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go with Frio because I prefer them to win. Well, I'm going to go against the green and say North because I think Frio fell off the wagon in that last round. No sympathy for that. Yeah, right. Well, I've got no idea, but I'm just happy that we're not playing Melbourne or Brisbane, to be honest, because I feel like they could knock us off at the moment. And um, I think the week's rest will do us some good. Um, hopefully some some of the names that got omitted this week, I'm not sure if they were being rested or actually omitted, so we could have a couple of debutants. But I um, would really love to see McKinnon back in it and um, hopefully Matty Newman, obviously. <laughs> just the mm-hmm. nepotism talking there. I think um, a lot of the ones that were dropped was were for reasonable reasons, if that makes sense. Like and do, I think, you, do you think Maddie Newman's got the Chelsea Randall role and that's why she, she was yeah, pushed maybe. out? Or? I think that was definitely part of the reason why she was pushed out of the team. So, yeah, not too worried there. Potentially she could be on the interchange for the next game. So, you know, good luck. Hopefully that happens. You want to play it? We're going to play it? Play what? The song. Nah. <laughs> We probably could play it now, now that we've introduced it like that. We do. We usually do like a little bit of a. Uh, Dan is an amazing musician, so we usually like make a little track for the person we're interviewing. Um, but we weren't sure you were gonna. You, we weren't sure you were gonna get this one because it's really hard to uh, match Hinge with any songs. <laughs> yeah, well, I can imagine if you've um if you've done anything in, in regards to that, you've done a very very good job. So. Oh, all right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll play it for you and see what you think. All right, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) 
one of your less better ones, Dan. It's actually it's probably it's probably a fitting fitting little intro for a podcast. Don't mind that one. I don't mind. It's not too bad. (laughs) That that one's specially for you. Yeah. All right. He was the medical sub in round one against Geelong and unfortunately played about 10 whole minutes of footy before he dislocated his shoulder twice. He has been off the ground for a year and watching on the sidelines, but in the preseason, he has come out and impressed everyone. It is Mitch Hinge. Thank you for joining us, Mitch. No, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, You've come back to the Crows after a whole year of being ruled out and yet you've come in absolutely screaming in the two preseason games. I've got to say, you actually were quite impressive in uh, the game against Geelong as well for the short period of time you were on field. Um, You've impressed uh, the fans, us for sure, and I'm sure plenty of the coaches. Like, what does that do for your confidence and do you think you're a lock for round one? Um. So I guess I guess I spent four years in um, at Brisbane, and I mean they've got a really really good program there. And um, I mean the only I was kind of the only reason I really wanted to get away was because I, I really wanted to um, kind of announce myself on the on the competition, and I just felt like I was probably pigeonholed a little bit and wasn't getting the chance that I was after um, playing for um, playing for Brisbane. So um, I was I was emergency a lot, like a, a lot of times the year I left of twenty twenty, the first COVID year, and. Um, I mean, I probably, I probably feel like individually, I've been ready for AFL footy for um, probably my my last two years at Brisbane. I came to the system a bit raw when, when I got drafted, but um, put a lot of work in, and um, yeah, I mean, I probably thought um, I was I was ready enough, and um, obviously still being a young player, but ready to kind of make my mark and, and show people what I can do. And yeah, unfortunately, I just wasn't able to do that at Brisbane. So once I came over to um, Adelaide, it was a it was a nice little fresh start for me. Um, Adelaide's been really, really good. There's um, a lot of uh, really good, really good players and some some really good emerging talent, which I guess is really exciting for me and the Crows and the Crows fans and, and and members and everything. But I mean, from that, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 ready now. I've um, I've had another twelve months off after, obviously, yeah, as you said, I um, had the shoulder surgery, which has been embarrassing. Um, like popping it out two times, coming on as a super sub, but. Um, <laughs> But no, we, we'll have a laugh about that now. We've we've able to put a lot of work in the last twelve months and um and get get ourselves right for now. So it's um really really exciting. And um, I'm not sure too. I'm not too too sure what um what's going on in the selection panel at the moment. Um, I guess we'll find out probably closer to Thursday or Friday. They're not really giving too much away, but fingers crossed we're in there. And if we are, we'll um we'll play pretty hard and hopefully hopefully um. Yeah, lock our spot in and, and go from there. Get a few wins along the way. So we good. Yeah, absolutely. And the um, shoulder uh, did get a good test out. A test out we noticed in the um, trial game against Brisbane. I saw a, a couple of good tackles that you laid and really stretched it out. How did it feel after that game? Um, no, nah, shoulders actually feeling really, really good. Yeah, as I said, um, we've had about twelve months probably till this weekend since um, since when it happened last and. That's that's um, from probably what I had is um you get a you get a full tick off about six months post surgery so um I've had uh, I've had no worries about the shoulder for about six months now and I'm um, absolutely confident in it so it was feeling good it's um after a few, after a little bit of time off you um you get a bit sore in a few different spots but um that's just the nature of footy and um and uh, that's part of why I love what love playing footy so much it's uh, it's good and. Um, yeah, we'll get in and under and, and hopefully win some contests. It'd be nice. Mitch, uh, I've done my shoulder twice as well, uh, not on the same day and very much in different circumstances that we won't go into here. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you still have those moments doing things during a game or even life where you feel a pop and just hope to hell you haven't done it again? 
Um, by leaning back to something on the back seat of the car, you know, that's the one that I always hate. <laughs> to be honest, not really. This this time around, so I actually had a um, I had my I had two surgeries on my shoulder. The first one, I had just the arthroscopic um, keyhole, which just to kind of clean it out, clean up the labrum, and um, and that was yeah, probably a little bit more so. So I understand what you're talking about. Um, but this one, this one's a full latigee, completely locked over the front. Um, pretty much as strong as it can be. And um, as I said, I've, I've put a lot of work in and I'm very fortunate because I was able to go into the club pretty much every day last year and, um, and rehab it and do all that stuff right. So, yeah, as I said, it's, um, it wasn't ideal, but very fortunate position to be able to kind of rehab it in the way I was. And um, no, I'm taking full confidence in all the work I put in and it's uh, hopefully... Well, yeah, it'll be it'll be all good for this year. Sounds exciting. Awesome. And uh, speaking of Brisbane, uh, we just touched on it before, but you've you've come to the cruise alongside former Lion Ben Keys, who obviously has absolutely skyrocketed in terms of becoming one of our top tier players. How has watching Ben's success from the sidelines influenced you and how you're going about your footy? Um, yeah, I mean Ben's um, Ben's a really really quality person. He's um, he's one of my good mates from Brisbane, and um, obviously I linked up pretty quickly when. When I got the news that I was coming over back um, back to Adelaide, but um, I actually I've I've just moved in with him um, in the off season or just at the start of the off season. So um, yeah, we we rekindled a bit of that Brisbane love and um, and I've loved every minute of it. He's um, he's very very professional. He does all the right things and he's a good he's a good person to bounce off. He's um, although he's young, he's very mature and very wise. So he's lived through plenty of life experiences. So he's um, it's really good and. To see what he's done over the past kind of two years and from being delisted to um, he might have been top three in the best and fairest last year is um is a testament to him and um and I mean I can only I can only wish that or only hope that um, my career kind of follows the path he's in because he's um he's gonna be a quality player again this year and um yeah, he's he's just as excited to get get into it, absolutely. Awesome. And I've just got one more before I handball it over to Ben. Um, it's actually a question from the Adelaide Football Club Discord channel from user Ace Crombus. Uh, he wants to know, how do you think the Crows compare to the young team Brisbane had when you were there before they shot up the ladder? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good question for me, guys. Um, I think um, it's interesting because I um, obviously went to Brisbane and I got dropped to there and I think the first two years we were bo- bottom – Bottom four, and then within we went from bottom four to almost top four. I think in that in that third year, I was there and pushing for a prelim. So, like there was a there was a good culture in Brisbane, and I, I don't think that's any dissimilar to here. There's um there's definitely no short of um of quality talent and quality individuals on the senior side. There's I mean as we see, you see Sloney, Brody Smith, Luke Brown, um with obviously Tex, all these boys that are have um a really really quality um. I guess kind of they've put put together some really good um, careers and it doesn't look like they're slowing down anytime soon. So, um, and, but then as well is um, there's also a lot of um, the emerging talent. I mean, there's a lot of um, first round draft picks and even, um, even going on to later on in the drafts is there's been a lot of good talent picked up later on. So it's a credit to our recruiters here at Adelaide. So, so I mean, it's just it's just so exciting for me. Um, there's um there's a lot of there's a lot of good talent around. There's a lot of good vibes around. It's um it's a it's a really good place to be um in Adelaide. So I think they're the main things I take from um of how exciting the club is to be at the moment, and um how exciting the individuals are as well to be around. Awesome. I'm actually going to handball it to Dan. I made a name error there. <laughs> Dan, can't, can't believe you'd get a name wrong. <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, ben forgot my name two weeks ago. <laughs> So uh, I don't feel bad at all. Uh, Dan. Oh, that's all right. I'll forgive you, Lauren. 
All good. Um, when you played that one game for the Crows last year and you got ruled out for the rest of the season, did you fear that there might be a hinge curse at the Crows and you'd get stranded on that one game? <laughs> um, I don't like to talk too many curses into um, intuition. There's, uh, there's actually a funny story behind um, Billy Frampton, actually. Um, get along really well with him. And he actually raised a fact because obviously John, my brother, Yes, he played the one game for Adelaide, and he was he was pretty injury cursed. I'm um, very, very, very unlucky. So, um, I mean, it's joked around, but I don't like to give it too much oxygen just in case. So, <laughs> that's all we'll talk about. It, I think. <laughs> all, you, all, you, all you've got to do is get on the on the park this week, and you've beaten the curse. So, uh, we definitely hope that's the case. Um, and you're, I read that you're a pro supporter growing up. Who was your favourite player, and why? Um, yes, I was. Um, yeah, pretty much through through my childhood. Um, I was a big Crows fan, and this is actually um, he's, a, he's a player called Trent Henschel. Um, kind of, it would have <laughs> been when I was when I was yeah. yeah I, I can't I can't remember um, why. I just I remember his big knee injury and things like that. That kind of derailed things. But um, everyone loves a good forward when they're a kid, and um, he used to kick a few goals. I reckon I used to love his hair. How he used to flick <laughs> over. So um, I, I was a big. I was a big fan of him for some reason when I was a kid, and um, he was he was a really good player. So um, yeah, it's good to yeah. hear him laugh out. Yeah, he was great. I was there the night he kicked eight against the Bombers, so that was a massive uh, massive game for him. But um, uh, and one last question for me before I hand it over. But um, we've been to, I've been told by Sam not to bring up NBA on the pod because Ben doesn't he's not a fan. Uh, but uh, read that you're an NBA fan, particularly LeBron James. Um, he's just dropped another 50 you know, a couple of days ago, but so he's still going. But do you like LeBron more or less after Space Jam 2? <laughs> um, this actually might sound crazy, but I, I actually haven't seen it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's one that I've missed, so I can't oh. actually comment on that. But, um, I mean, I, I love Space Jam 1 as a kid. I absolutely smashed that movie. So um, it's definitely one I'll have to get to, but I, I, can't, I can't actually say because I haven't seen it. <laughs> Look, I wouldn't, what are you, what are you, I wouldn't bother you, Mitch, to be honest. Is he I, right? I started watching it and <laughs> it was terrible. Worry, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't worry about Get it. Get around it. Nothing yeah. like the nah. original. <laughs> oh, don't be too hard on him. He's all right. He does all right. He's no, he's no MJ, though. Yeah, he's not MJ. All right, Mitch. Now, I don't know your brother personally, uh, but but I grew up down in uh, Yankalilla and played an explosive season or two for the Tigers down there. But it also means I have you quite a few. You kicked a goal once, didn't you? I did him? kick a goal once. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, uh, means that we've got quite a few mutual friends down there with, with your brother. So we actually asked him for some questions to throw at you. So we may have to edit a couple of these out depending on what the answers are. But uh, uh, here we go. So um, ask him if he ever fell off a roof as a child. No, funny story there is um, <laughs> playing backyard cricket at, at um, my original farm that we used to live on as a family. So I'm one of um, one of six kids. So there was plenty of action um, happening around the, around the house and around the farm when I was younger. But John lifted me up to get the ball off the roof. Someone, I probably hit it on the roof because obviously um, I was hitting John around the park when I was about four <laughs> years old. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been lifted up to get onto the roof and um, as I've, you know, tried to get down. John being the big, whatever he was, 16 to 18 year old guy, pretty, um, pretty big ego. thought he could do, do everything. He's, he's dropped me. He's dropped his youngest brother, um, onto oh. the cement path oh. off the roof, mind you. So, um, <laughs> he, he might, he might tell the story a little bit differently because I've slipped <laughs> off and, um, and tried to grab the, grab the gutter or something, but, that's on him, I reckon, yeah. that, um, that story. <laughs> and do you think that made your shoulder more vulnerable to injury? <laughs> 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 
uh, yeah, he made me trying to sabotage him from a very young age. He didn't want me to unpeak his um his height. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and and the last one, well, actually no, the second last one he gave us was um if you have a trick with two minute noodles. As, again, I because I, I was so I'm twelve years younger than John, so I can't actually remember a lot of these things. But he, he used to tell me this one. Is he used to come back from boarding school, I reckon, and um, and two minute noodles when I was younger. Like, I absolutely love them. So, um, yeah, I, I used to eat them all the time. And I used to be able to somehow get a two minute noodle come out out of my nose and my mouth at the same like at the same time. I don't know how how I did it, but. Um, that's that trick doesn't run with me anymore. Unfortunately, I love to pull out of the party or something, but, um, <laughs> but somehow that somehow I was able to do that. I don't know who taught me, but um, yeah, well, yeah, it's very, very funny. <laughs> yeah, he stitched you up with those questions, I reckon. Yeah, Bloody John, reckon. we'll have to yeah. get him yeah. on sometime. Yeah, maybe yeah. you can stitch him up yeah. in another interview, uh, Mitch. Yes, absolutely. I will have to. <laughs> um, now, so I've, I've got a couple of questions too. Um, so you grew up in Mandala near Bordertown out on a farm? Yep, yep. Um, I've actually got a little bit of a, bit of a connection to that area. Um, I used to go there on school holidays up to Bordertown. Um, some kids went to the Gold Coast, so I went to Bordertown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you've really drawn the uh, short straw there. <laughs> well, not knowing any better, I did enjoy my time there. We've, we've got, I've got some family who had a farm out, out that way, so I quite enjoyed you know, yabbying and uh, throwing sheep that were getting crutched and whatnot, so... It was a, yeah, it was a good time. So, yeah, no, 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 I um, I kid around. It's um, it's a very nice part of the world down there, back home. And um, and it's always love to get back. Yeah, and my my questions were a bit relating to the um, mighty Mandala Tigers that you would have played up played growing up with. I believe you got an under fourteens premiership there. Yes, yes. Was for, very, very fortunate to um yeah be part of a little bit of success back when I was younger. It's um surprisingly um Mandela, it's a town of about five hundred um five, a bit over five hundred people actually and um and we play in the K and T F L um league and that'd be the Kari um, Naracourt Tatiara football league. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that's the one. That's the one. Um, a bit of a mouthful, obviously. Um, but yeah, no. So I played. I played that, and um, and yeah. I mean, I was I was very lucky to be part of um, kind of my obviously. There's kind of three grades in junior footy, um, or three years. Um, by the time you kind of get through, like under four hands, under seven hands, and stuff. So you play as a under under ager, and then you play as a second year, and then a kind of top ager as like thirteen or fourteen or whatever. Um, so it does, it genuinely fluctuates a little bit, um, depending on how, how good you kind of, your top aging talent is, um, like anywhere. And, I'm um, very fortunate though. Yeah. We won the, won the flag in under 14 against the, um, arch rivals border town, um, which is, um, which was a very good day. And then, um, yeah, kind of three years later or two years later, um, we played border town again in the grand final in the under, under 17. It's, um, and they just got over top of us as well. So. Um, I mean, we're one for one, but um, yeah, love my time at, at Mandala playing, playing down there. It's um, it's a very good part of the world, and the success they're having, especially at, at senior level as well, they're um, is incredible. Um, I think they've won four four of the last four premierships or something like that, and maybe six or five of the last six or something. So yeah, I was going to ask about why they're so successful. Looking at like the league was set up in '93, Mandala's won twelve flags. The next best is Panola with four. And you've got a town of four or five hundred, and you say border towns about three thousand. What's going on there? Um, yeah, look, I, I, I couldn't tell you. They've um, 
just very, very lucky with, um, I guess, they, they do what they do really well is they've got a really good kind of culture and really good um, kind of club there. So a lot of the people, either they, they stick around or they come back after a few years of either going to school or um, and bring some, some of their mates back from, um, from Adelaide. So in terms of their core, their core group of players, and there's always there's some really good senior leadership there. Um, it's, just, um, it's just a really good place. There's a lot, a lot of farmers. It's pretty much just a farming um, all the farmers come together and, um, and obviously they've got a really good netball, netball program there as well. So um, I don't know what they do special. There must be something in the water that breeds, breeds success or something, but um, they've, uh, it's, it's very good. And um, I always love getting back and watching some games and I, I kind of do that as much as I can. It's, it's good fun. And, and I believe Lucendale's also in, in that league. They are, they are. The, um, yeah, Lucendale. Yeah. Did you ever come up against Fog growing up? I did, actually. I knew Fog growing up. We um, we played, obviously, yeah, just um, here and there against Lucendale versus Mandala. And, and then also, he, I played in a few different rep teams and stuff when we were coming through. He was, um, he was a year younger than me, but um, he was a pretty talented junior, so he was always playing above his, above his um, I guess, above his weight or whatever you like to say. So, yeah, he's, um, no, he's a good kid. Yeah, good. And, and it's been recently reported that he's got himself a hole in one playing golf. Um, he did actually. He did. I was um, I played with him a fair bit this um this off season. Um, and I wasn't there that day, which sucks. But got a got a hole in one at um his home course in or where he's a member at England Elg. And um, yeah, he's pretty um he, he was pretty keen to tell tell the world about it. That's for yeah, sure. And, <laughs> that didn't and take I think him, this is another one of your brother questions. He's wondering whether you claim to have also hit a hole in one. Um, well, I'm going to claim it. Um, <laughs> and actually Billy Frampton and, and Kieran Strong were there as well, but it was at the Pat Par 3 course. So we weren't properly playing. It was, um, I forget what, what hole it was, but it might've been the fourth or fifth, but it was, um, it was about 120, 130 meters long. So, I mean, it's still a decent, decent, um, decent size hole. And, um, I thinned it a little bit, and on the third bounce, it just dropped in. So does that count? Ben? Yeah, which is it's, um, well, I, I a par three counts, course is not quite as prestigious as a full size course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it to you, oh, Mitch. Um, we're, we're, yeah, the pod's <laughs> giving yeah. it to you, Mitch. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, that, I'll um, I'll count that then. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, got any more, Ben? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Do you? The only other thing I was thinking was just with Mandala. Do you ever see yourself heading back country-wise, or do you feel fairly entrenched in the city now? Um, I mean, I love my time as um, time as a kid growing up on the farm and stuff. So, I mean, Mandala, but um, I definitely see myself to to go back into some sort of uh, some sort of capacity back to back to the farmland, back to the country. Um, obviously, at the moment, my uh, my my full concentration, full focus is um, trying to be the best player I can be. So um, that kind of rules out any country footy and things like that at the moment. But um, but definitely down down the future, it's um, it's definitely a possibility or an avenue that I potentially like to take. Yeah. Awesome. All right, we're going to wrap things up. But just before we do finish up with you, Mitch, we have a few quick questions for you, and this relates to our segment, the pregame warm up, which is where we review a drink generally a beer, and we also talk about some music. So our pregame warm-up questions for you are, what's your favourite drink that's not vodka soda? Because I know you guys get on the vodka soda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, vodka soda, all, all those, um, the new seltzers, I don't know if you've um, with those seltzers at all, but um, it, like the Good Tide's my, my number one drink if I'm ever drinking. So it's like a, it's like a, a way to describe it is um, like the Mount Franklin flavoured, like the berry water, like the sparkling berry water. Yeah. Um, it tastes identical to that, so that's generally <laughs> uh, my go-to. But oh, that's um, a good hot tip. 
Yes, but if I'm if I'm drinking a beer, well, I'm I'm not too much of a beer drinker to be honest. Um, I've drank a little bit of um of red wine maybe over the past twelve months. So I don't know if that's saying that I'm slightly oh, growing good. up, but um, Maturing. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure if I can say I'm growing up. But, <laughs> um, they're probably my my two drinks of choice. As yeah. long as it's not out of a box, Mitch, that's okay. <laughs> Uh, yes, no, no, <laughs> safe, well and clear from the, uh, the boxes, that's for sure. <laughs> well, apparently, the, the, goon, the goon bag isn't so bad these nah, days. Nah, you so can actually get good ones. Advanced. Yeah, there is. There's actually quite nice ones. We'll get into the music stuff. If you got to pick the song, and actually, we don't know if you do get to pick the song, so you, maybe you can enlighten us a little bit here, Mitch, but if you got to pick the song that got played after you kicked a goal at Adelaide Oval, what song would you choose? Mm, what am I rocking at the moment? I'm... I'm a bit of a Juice World fan, to be honest. I've, um, but then again, like, he's probably not the one to kind of pump you up and, and get you up and about after you kick a goal. So, I'm big, um, a big UCLA um, from RL Grime. Um, that gets a that gets a massive run, but I mean that's a song that I, I can put on and that will always make me feel good. So maybe I'll um, I'll go with that one. Awesome, that's a good choice. Yeah, I like these suggestions. Yeah. They're good. We're into it. All right. And and I have no idea about these <laughs> suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, show, showing our age there, surprise. I guess. Um, yeah. All right, and uh, just the last one. What music did your parents punish you with when you were growing up? <laughs> Gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I can, um, I can really remember, to be honest. I'm, I'm actually quite, I'm quite bad with remembering like, names of actors and names of singers and stuff, so I can't really give too much. But, um, if you just sing us a song, that'd I be remember fun. we always... <laughs> 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 but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Um, I remember we always used to have like the Australian Christmas Christmas carols pumping every Christmas time. Um, but in fairness, I actually didn't mind that. I didn't mind that album. My parents had big influence on me, like with the music that they played when I was growing up. So uh, yeah, I, just, I know every word to every U two song. In existence, <laughs> my parents must have been a lot older oh, than yours. <laughs> I like the I Christmas know, album suggestion. Human, <laughs> I need a bit of human nature and uh, Tina Arena. Thanks to my mum. Yeah, Tina Ooh, Arena yeah. is a good one too. Yeah, Not good. oh perfect. <laughs> well, Mitch, thank you so much for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on Here We Crow. Uh, we can't wait for the season to start, and we are all really hoping that you make an appearance in round one. We think you've earned it. Uh, thank you very much, Mitch Hinge. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much for having me on. Thanks, Mitch. Help out. Uh, thank you very much to Mitch Hinge for joining us. Uh, very grateful to Adelaide Football Club for arranging that. Uh, hopefully we'll have some more player interviews for the men's throughout the season uh, and can't wait to talk to some of the boys about how they're travelling Now it's time for a new segment. Uh, We are going to preview our game against Fremantle and to help us do that, we have Enough. Enough is 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 enough. enough. So we are lucky to have Nick Harmson here, ABC political reporter, as you're officially called on Google. Um, <laughs> now, Lauren and I were uh, lucky enough to get to know you well through RecLink Community Cup games. Uh, you were on the anchors team with Lauren when she broke her thumb, I believe. Actually, yes, um, that's right. Uh, <laughs> if I've got that right, Lauren. I've got to say, my memory of that time is very blurry, uh, thanks to all the uh, drugs I was on. <laughs> <laughs> not not responsible for breaking your thumb? 
No, uh, that was all me. That was a football, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a freak accident, freak accident. Um, but yeah, it's really great to have you on, Nick. Um, have you, you've played the rec link a few times now since then. I have. Uh, I missed one due to my, my own in- finger injury. I, um, you know, broke a finger trying to spoil a mark. Um, and uh, yeah, but uh, it's, been, it's great fun. And I do love representing the anchors because it lets me pretend that, you know, I'm running around there like Korea used to back in the day with an anchor on their jumper. Yeah. <laughs> The anchors are the undisputed champions now because there hasn't been another reckless game since their first ever win. Um, that's right. Three P reigning, reigning premiers for three years in a row. That's right. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Unlucky for us Rockatoos, uh, the team that I'm on. But I do remember you running around in your Dockers Guernsey at training. So I thought, who better to reach out to since I don't know any other Freo supporters? So you're uh, in all other teams, nothing, which we're, we're talking to. So. So let's talk about Frio this year. What are you expecting from them? Uh, look, I always go in expecting big things and more often than not in the last 25 years, I have been sorely disappointed. Um, so I try not to go in expecting too much, but I have to say it's been five or six years now without finals. And so we're ready, I think, to, um, to make a play for finals. I think, you know, our list is still pretty young. Uh, I don't know where we are in the rankings with you guys, but uh, I do expect us to be at least challenging for a position in the eight. And if you look at what we did last year, I reckon, you know, if we can uh, kick a little bit straighter, uh, you know, not have such big turnarounds off our big wins. You know, we lost a lot of games last year uh, off the back of decent wins, um, including some, you know, you should never lose, like the Carlton at home and that sort of thing. If we can turn a couple of those things around, I'd hope us to sneak into the eight somewhere. Excellent. Well, big things. What's your opinion of the Crows? Well, look, I have to let you in on a secret here, and it's a, it's a little secret shame on my part. Um, I'm actually, I have been, a, I'm not this season, but I have been a Crows member for the past few years, and that's, it's it's kind of like a self-loathing member. So I wanted to see, <laughs> I, wanted, I love going to the footy. I love going to the footy, and, and the mate I wanted to go to the footy with was a Crows member, so... I bought a membership. So I actually don't mind the Crows, um, although I, I do – I really should have a hatred for them because I can remember being the only guy, you know, the only Frio supporter sitting in Footy Park where we kicked one goal of, you know, in three quarters of football back in the bad old days under, um, under Mark Harvey. So I, I've had some wow. pretty bad experiences as a Frio supporter in Adelaide against the Crows. To be honest, a couple of losing finals I'm here. I'm sure our supporters are very sympathetic, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know exactly how it feels. So, uh, look, I, I do feel like I've got some unique insight, though. I've, I've sat and watched Crows supporters up close. You know, I understand the psyche of a Crows supporter. It's a bit different to a Frio supporter, I've got to say, but, um, but I do have an affinity with you. And having said all that, what chance do you give Frio of knocking off or giving the Crows the old heave-ho in round one? next week at uh, Adelaide Oval? Uh, look, who knows, guys? I mean, I think they if I could say one thing out of the pre-season, um, we got to play West Coast twice and um, they're resembling witches' hats, which makes me very, very pleased. And, uh, but it hasn't really given us much of a form line to go in. Um, I'd say I've noticed some, some real differences in our game style out of the pre-season. We're playing a much more sort of chip and draw kicking game. And I reckon if we can get that going, uh, we'd be a decent chance against your mob. Yep. I think I think the other big thing that might help us out at this point of the season is that 
you know, the last three or four seasons we've gone in with, you know, three or four big names on our injury list. You know, we've had key defenders down everywhere. Um, I see our, you know, our full forward, Matt Tabman, has done a hammy, of course, just so that we do have some injury going in. And there are still question marks over Nat Fife um, for round one. But I'd say that at least we've got a pretty fit list to choose from overall, knock on wood. And uh, if we can, you know, keep a bit of pressure on for spots, we're at every chance of knocking over sides like the Crows, I reckon. We certainly hope so, but um, we also have a, a segment on the, on the show um, called the Dennis Armfield Award. Now, the Crows are notorious for playing other teams' players, or their crap players uh, to be particular, into form. Um, if there was a Frio player, you know, an average Frio player that you can see having a pearler against the Crows, who would you think it might be? Oh, geez, that's a that's a good question because we, we've our sort of um, a lot of our you know role player uh, kind of players that that might have been uh, you know club whipping boys of late are not really in the team at the moment because we've actually got a very very full list to pick from. So um, I reckon, well, I, you know, I, I reckon if Tapman were playing and he's not now, he'd be every chance to get off the leash and kick kick a bag. I reckon. Uh, yeah, but, uh, I do I'd agree with that. I'd have to say, um, uh, look, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think we've got many crap players at the moment, which is good. Uh, I reckon. Uh, I reckon Rory Lobb needs yeah. to get his finger out, and I reckon he could. You know, if, if he plays, maybe he can show something. I don't know. He's the perfect He's player one. for that award. Yeah. yeah, he was who I was thinking of. Yeah, definitely. And uh, last question for me before I throw to the other guys. We, we know he's the best ever Port Adelaide player, but is Clive Waterhouse still the best Frio player to ever play AFL? He, he was the most Frio player to ever play uh, <laughs> AFL, I'll say that much. Uh, uh, you know, Clive Waterhouse sort of sums up the Frio experience and, um, you know, uh, incredible highs, lots of lows, uh, you know, the ability to do the unbelievable and then turn it around with the you know, the most ridiculous skill error in the next breath. Um, you know, that, that, that's my era. You know, that's, that's my early uh, era, Frio. I, you know, I loved watching Clive run around. Um, and, you know, it, it, it was an interesting time <laughs> growing up and supporting this club. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, uh, we're a little bit more professional these days, I reckon. Um, so yeah. I'd, but I'd love to see I'd love to see Clive back out there. He was uh, he was fantastic. As much as we don't want uh, Frio to beat the Crows, we'd love to see some success for them. I'm sure. But um, Lauren, Sam, Ben, any questions from you guys? Are they second team, Dan? No, nah, not my second team. I just like the the teams that haven't won one to get up and get yeah. there. Yeah, that's fair. The underdog. Yeah. My question. I did a bit of research, so I look back to all the way to last year. Uh, Frio beat <laughs> us by. 12 points in round five, and Tabiner uh, tore us a new one. He must have been one of the few players. I I'm, I'm actually didn't watch the replay, but I'm guessing Butts, was, Butts played on him. Must have been one of the few players that actually beat Butts last year. How's that going to change your structure, do you think, and who's going to be the main guy up forward? Look, it is a really good question. If there's one sort of weakness in our lineup at the moment, and I think it's our forward line still. We've got a lot to prove up forward, um, and, you know, kicking straight has been a problem. Um Rory Lobbs, he popped a bit of an injury in the second uh, pre-season trial match, so that's a bit of a worry. We've got a bloke in the twos who uh, we pulled off the rookie list uh, last year, Josh Tracy, I reckon he'll come in 
for round one. A uh, lot to like about him. Yeah, he's, he was a good uh, last year. Yeah, he's, he's he's a little bit you know a little bit smaller than uh, you know the key position sides. He, he's a bit like uh, Fogarty for your for your blokes. So you know, a bit of a bull likes to run it in straight lines at the ball and not worry about what he hits on the way through. Um, I reckon he will come in, and I do think we'll we'll probably run with a bit of a mosquito fleet around his feet and, and Rory Lobb's feet. Um, from the looks of it, um, that's something that's been a bit of a focus pre-season is uh, a bit of forward line pressure. It's something we were renowned for back in the Russ Lyon days, but uh, has certainly fallen away in the last year or so. And I think that, that uh, you know, locking the ball in our forward 50 is one thing we need to do. The other thing is when we've actually got it uh, within range, uh, actually nailing some of those set shots. So I reckon Tracy is a good, you know, good straight line mark, good straight kick. Hopefully he can come in and kick a bag. Andy Brayshaw, how's he tracking? Yeah, look, really good. Um, he's the player that sort of, you know, he's not, um, he perhaps hasn't quite hit the, you know, he doesn't quite have the superstar highlights reel of a Nat Fife or a, a Rory Sloan, but um, he's just continued to get better year upon year. Uh, and, you know, he, he's turned into a, a really good player, I think. He's got a lot of power and explosiveness out of the stoppage, which is good. Um, and I think, you know, he, you know, he was a great uh, draft pick for us in that, you know, he's already been elevated to the, um, uh, you know, effectively the vice captaincy of the side at age 23 or something like that. And, uh, you know, he's, he's most definitely, I think, our, our future captain in waiting. He's signed up for a long time. Uh, and hopefully we have um, he and Caleb Sarong fishing the ball out of the middle from Sean Darcy's taps for a long time to come. And and does in Sean Darcy does he seem to have his body right over the preseason this year? Ah, oh, Ben, no fantasy questions yet. <laughs> I, I'm just interested yeah, about look, Fremantle. Uh, <laughs> look, I think so. Um, he he did a finger injury uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, so they sat him out the first preseason trial. But uh, by all accounts, he's managed to get the full sort of you know running load in preseason, and and that's I think you know that'd just about be a first for him because he's he's tended to cop a fair bit of injuries. So look, I'd I'd hope to see him. You know, I um, mean, he was he had a breakout year last year. Um, hopefully, we can see him. You know, double down and get better this year. Um, that was you know, he, the, the real the real development for him too was getting forward and kicking a few goals last year. So I'd like to see that continue if we can. And I, you know, I reckon he'll be an interesting matchup with Rob this week. Just both, not not massive jumpers at the ball, but yeah, hard at it and a lot of runs. So it'll be an interesting competition between the two. Both big boys wouldn't want to bump into them in a dark alley. <laughs> he just kept getting injured last year, but he ended up. Did he end up actually playing every game? It was close too. If he didn't, I think he might have missed one. He, he, he won our best and fairest, so yeah. he must have played a fair whack. Um, I, I can't remember. He got not, just got concussed in the game, but I, can't, I think that might have been the year before. I can't quite remember whether it was this last year or the year before. Yeah. Um, but he, he did certainly play most of the season. He ha- I had him in my fantasy team, and it was like every week you you were potentially having to trade him out, but he just kept kept kicking. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's look, he's he's great, and you know we're um, he's, we've got a decent backup behind him in Lloyd and Meek, um, who uh, plays a little bit the same way. So hopefully we've got good cover there. Um, so feeling, you know, feeling quite confident about our, around our rucks and midfield. You know, probably lack a little bit of depth in the midfield, but we've got some, you know, by all accounts, some decent kids in the draft coming through. But uh, you know, our biggest sort of lack of star power at the moment is is still a forward line. So you know, if we can just get our small forwards starting to put it together and keep the ball in there and kick some goals, 
you know, I'll be very happy because that was a bit. Of, that's been the frustration the past couple of years as we get it there, and it comes out way too quickly. Yeah. Do you, Do you think with the midfield, it's just that short term pain of losing Chera and waiting for others to develop to take his spot? Or look, I mean, I think we'll miss him, and I think you know, as always happens with, and I'm sure you guys feel this with players here that then move back to Melbourne. All of a sudden, they're a superstar in Melbourne when they've been playing bloody well your team it's just that you know half the commentary hasn't seen them play because they play for a team outside of Melbourne and and Chiara will be great but I do feel like I don't think we will I'll probably live to regret this but I think we can cover his loss I think um you know what he did provide was that excellent delivery into the forward 50 I'm hoping that uh, some of the you know the halfbacks we're seeing either brought in like Jordan Clark or developing like Hayden Young and Heath Chapman you know, that we can see some of these guys pushing up on a wing um, and helping deliver the ball inside 50 and, hope, you know, hopefully they can do something as well as, as Adam Chera can. Um, I, I reckon we're covered on the inside so long as, you know, you know, Mundy, he's only got another 15 years in him. Uh, he'll be <laughs> fine. Uh, you know, if we, can, if we can keep Fife on the paddock, uh, you know, Fife, uh, Brayshaw and, uh, and Sarong are not a bad sort of starting uh, inside three. Um I think we're okay. Is Sarong going to start in the middle? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely. You, yeah, you I weren't allowing he's, fantasy again, questions. He's another one. <laughs> yeah, another one, you know, third, third year player already in the leadership group. Um, by all accounts, you know, all these guys, because of WA's border lockdown, they all spent it stuck in the West. You know, they couldn't all fly home to Melbourne. Um, so they've all, you know, I saw on, on the social media feeds, you know, they're all doing. Uh, group sprints on Christmas Day together. Um, so I'm hoping that that's built a bit of connection and that all these young blokes um, who've, you know, through circumstance, I guess, been forced to live in each other's pockets through the off-season, um, you know, it, it, it does feel like there's a desire there to build something and to be that first group who can, you know, win a premiership wearing purple. And um, I think he's he's going to be right at the front and centre of it along with Blackshaw. Yeah, nice. Well, Nick... Um Certainly hope they uh, do see some success and they, uh, you know, can get that run on after round one. So round two onwards would be great. Thank you so much for giving up your WOMAD time to chat with us today. Um, really appreciate it. I hope you haven't missed anything too epic in that time. Um, but we will pleasure, wrap up pleasure, there. Guys. And, um, and uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you. If there's one thing better than listening to live music, it's talking footy. So thanks for having me on. <laughs> True that, Nick. <laughs> thanks thanks very awesome. much. Thanks, Nick. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks very much to Nick Harmson, uh, who is obviously a Frio Nuffy. That's who we want to hear from. We're going to hear from some Nuffies of our opponents throughout the season, and we're really looking forward to hearing their insights. Let's talk about what we think about the game against Fremantle, which is happening on Sunday at 3.40pm, Adelaide over 100% capacity. Can we fill up the stadium, boys? Will we be able to stand and drink? Yep. You reckon? Will it be like before? <laughs> how, how many drinks are you having, Sam? No, like, you know, how it was before. Hey, are they going to let us do that? That was Lauren's question. No, <laughs> well, it was something it was similar. It was along those lines. It was how many people to the game? <laughs> yeah, well, that's going to depend whether I go or not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I assume we'll be standing. But can we drink? <laughs> I assume we'll be standing on the hill. So why won't we be able to stand a drink? Oh, look! I'm just worried that they're going to make you wear a mask the whole time you're standing up, still, and make you sit down. That's my concern. As long as you don't take a projectile, we should be alright. Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't take water no bottles. metal water. Oh no, you can take a metal water bottle to Adelaide. Oh yeah, you can take it there. all season last year. Yeah. 
Oh, well, we'll just hold your water bottle. You'll be fine. No mask. <laughs> Times are changing, Ben. So, sorry, just to answer your actual question, if we get over 40,000 there, I think that'll be good. Sunday against Frio, even when we were we were good and there was no COVID, that would be an excellent figure. So, I don't know. People are probably really hanging out to go back to the footy, but if we get more than 40, I think that would be a massive win. I think they are, and um, I'm really looking forward to the game myself. Ben? Yep, I'm looking forward to the game. (laughs) (laughs) What about Frio have kind of come up, as Nick was saying, like he's pretty excited about Frio this year. Um, He thinks that they're going to be a good team. Uh, How are we feeling about it? Yeah, well, they lost Chero. I think it's hard to – I knew Dan was going to jump there. Sorry. (laughs) No, you go. I was going to say similar, um, that they've lost Chero. I don't see personally how they improve losing such a quality mid, but – they're going to be relying, obviously, on the growth of their, their current list. I can't remember offhand who they picked up in the off-season, if there's anyone too decent, but they definitely lost um, Chera, which is a big one. So it would be a big... You know, I think Nat Fife's always a bit of a yardstick for them. If he stays fit, they'll probably be competitive. I, I don't think... Uh, I think this game will be a close one. I, I notoriously tip against the Crows because I don't tip with my heart, I tip with my head. <laughs> and I have tipped Frio this week, but... Um, I think the Crows can win um, if we get the 40,000 there and um, block out the noise, you know, sorry, block out the siren or whatever it is that we're doing Silence at the moment. Siren, Dan. Oh, Silence Dan. Siren. The hashtag, Dan. I should get around that a bit more. Um, yeah, but um, hopefully we can. It's pretty hard to go off um, our preseason games, I think, as to how we're going to play, you know, in the first round at Adelaide Oval. Half of the boys haven't even played Adelaide Oval yet, so mm-hmm. it's going to be an interesting one. Who do you so – I think we had some sp- – like Smokies for round one in the first one or two episodes. How are we feeling about those now? Well, we were all about Braden Cook, and I'm not sure if he's going to get into the yeah. round one team. I think that was our first massive error. First of many, most likely. He's very likely not to play. All right. Well, with Lady out, who do we think is going to cover his role? I think they're hoping I think it'll Saligo just be... might play. Saligo, yeah. I reckon Crouch is who they're hoping will take yeah, over Laird's um, role. I just don't... Yeah, I don't know. I like I, Saligo looks... Good. I don't know. Like if he's if he's lining up in a lot of our midfield setups, then that's a worry for mine. And what do we think um, about Wayne Miller? Is he going to make round one? They seem to be pretty Doubtful. cautious on him. So yeah, that's yeah probably going to be one enforced change for my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, another person that's on the radar for who might not get to round one is unfortunately Jordan Dawson. Yeah, still running laps last week. Even so, you'd have to think he's more unlikely than likely at this point. Yeah, it's a bit of a worry. Um, all of these names are that potentially won't be playing round one and Lady obviously not playing round one is pretty bad. So I'm not heaps confident. I did say last week that I thought we could get the win um, over Frio, but now I'm a bit like, oh, shit, shit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm certainly not confident. I won't be going there expecting a win. I'm more than happy to be happily surprised, but yeah, that Frio are a genuine top eight contender this year, in my opinion. So if we get close to them, why do you think that, Sam? I I just think a bit of natural progression. I know they lost Chera, but I think that they've been building over the last couple of years. Tabern is a big out for them this week, in particular, or yeah. sort of early on in the season. But I just I, I liked what I saw from them last year in patches. Uh, they. They've this, these players that have been there, seemingly been there forever. But uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. They are going to have to improve a fair bit on last year to cover Chera and get better. But uh, yeah, I still I see them around that top eight for sure. Yeah, 
around, definitely around. I just had a look and they, they picked up Jordan Clark from Geelong and Will Brody from uh, Gold Coast. I don't know if they're massive ins to replace Chera. I, I think this is a time for us to sneak a win in, in that, that first half of the year. And this is one that I, I think the Crows can win. Um, ben, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm probably on team Sam and Lauren, I think just – if you'd asked me like like those guys three weeks ago, I'd be a lot more confident that we're coming in with a lot of momentum into the game. It just feels like with the COVID interruptions and a couple of players getting injured, I just don't feel like we've got quite that same um, momentum going into the game. And yeah, I, I reckon we'll be okay, but maybe lose by about 23. Yeah, all those players we mentioned before, it was sort of this year we were sort of leading into round one, getting all excited because we were going to have all these new players. We have Miller are back, uh, Matt Crouch back. He probably is going to be back. But you lose Laird, these two, Miller and Dawson, probably aren't going to play. It just sort of feels like a bit of a backwards step moving into round one, which is a bit unfortunate. And okay. it, Sorry, I was just going to say, even if Dawson plays, we, we haven't seen how he fits into the team. It might be fantastic, but it might take a, a few weeks for him to really – um, nail down what he has to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to forget True. the names like we mentioned last week from the Port trial. McHenry, um, Rochelle, obviously, who I feel like is going to be the new excitement machine. Um, and you know, Saligo, like definitely a good player. Maybe you know this will be their game to shine. Oh, and and I guess Mitch Hinge is another one. He's been absolutely impressive in the preseason, and I feel like he's really going to take this game on if he makes the team so you know it's not all bad I'm hoping that uh some of that will you know the spark will be there obviously you know the more experienced players in Rob Keys Sloaney yeah you know yeah I feel like um you know we've had a lot of changes obviously to the list in the last few years but this is the real first year of the new era of the Crows, I think. I yep. mean, you, yep. you, um, you know, finally Lynchy, um, McKay, those guys that moved on at the end of last year. This is the year where the, there's not really any. You know, there's a few players still, obviously, from the uh, the big C word days, but um, not many, if any, um, as Scribe would say. But uh, <laughs> I think the new era. Um, this is it. if we get any win, a few wins on the board, we, it's going to be a good, you know, good thing for this club and, and the playing group. The over the overly optimistic Crows fan in me says that maybe things will just click this game and we just might take it out by the skin of our teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, said the, overly optimistic, yeah, Sam. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I just think like if you asked all of us about four or five weeks ago w- like how we were going to go this year, I'd say this would be a game that we could potentially win if everything goes right and it kind of hasn't. So I think that's what's causing my negativity. I, I think we... I think we'll look all right. I think we'll be pretty happy with how the game goes, even if we lose, but I think we'll lose by about four goals. Mm, well, I'm not going to predict any uh, kind of points or anything like that um, until we see the team selection. I'd really like to yeah, see that's that a good first. Point, and actually. obviously that's yep. probably going to come out um, of the day that this pod is released. I'm going uh, I'm, I'm to put put myself on the line and, and tip the Crows, um, not in my actual tips, but <laughs> on the pod, <laughs> just going to go against them. Way to put yourself on the line the there. Man. <laughs> yeah. Just sit on the fence. This is why I don't do footy tipping because uh, yeah. too I'm much tip, heart. I'm going to tip the Crows by 10, 10 points. Um, I reckon, yeah, like my tip of Matt Crouch doing the best in the first, it most probably won't happen, but <laughs> let's uh, put, it, put it on the line anyway. 
Well, we definitely will uh, be talking about the team selection on Twitter. So jump on board with your comments once we uh, get that team list and any other comments you have about how this game is going to go and what your predictions are for the next few rounds. Don't forget that we have our competition running for two tickets to the Friday Night Showdown Round 3, thanks to Dr. Danny Byrne. We have announced how you can enter that on our Twitter and Instagram pages, so get on it. Great tickets. Uh, You can be at the showdown. Unfortunately, you won't be sitting with us, but that's okay. We might be able to meet you for a beer at halftime if you're lucky. Yeah, that could be good. Yeah. If they care. Sam might not still be standing, but we don't know. It's a Sunday. (laughs) I'll be all right. We'll have to find a seat for old man Sam. Yeah, no, it's not that. It's a little pub beforehand. Oh, yeah, of course. How could I forget? (laughs) Anyway, looking forward to round one. Can't wait to get back into men's footy. It's been a long time coming and I am excited. And a little bit of news uh, in the AFL world, Sam. Yeah, the AFLW season. We've we've been crying out probably for the Every round we've had to sit in the 35 degree weather at Norwood Oval that it would be great if the women's season moved. And it looks like it might be moving to August, which is interesting. means it's going to run through a fair portion of the men's season, uh, sort of overlapping finals. And then after that, I think it's it's a pretty great spot for it to be, really. Well, they're talking about round one being that finals by, so they do get clear air for for at least the first round. Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. Yep. Well, that's great. And that's kind of what we were talking about when we have brought this up before is that little overlap in the finals yeah. would probably be okay because there, there's not obviously only eight teams playing in the finals, so yep. that would work out nicely. Yeah, I heard someone explain it saying that there's the interest in AFL is never as high as it is in grand final week and at that point there's only two, there's only one game happening, or preliminary final, I think, two games. Yeah. Yeah, so perfect time. Yeah, well, that's fantastic news and hopefully it gets through. hope so. The more footy, the better, I say. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yep. and, uh, and it gives them a chance, I'd say, when it gets to the serious stuff for them. They're not fighting with the AFL men's starting. They've The men's will be finished and their finals will be in that little bit of a gap before the, the draft and trade period. Yeah, okay. The only thing I don't like about it is that that means that there's going to be an even longer wait for footy to start, doesn't it? Yeah, that's true. It's not filling a like nice filling big a void. gap. Yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to not watching football in January. <laughs> Not in person, I've enjoyed anyway. having it in January. I thought, oh, well, in the heat, yeah, if that's the where you're going. Hardcore, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we're going to talk about Josh Dunkley coming to the Crows next year, Lauren. I mean, is he coming to the Crows <laughs> or is he going to Port? Or is he uh, coming at all? You know what it's like these days. We're in the 20th century. It's already you can been, have a relationship it's already been shot down this afternoon. Has it? Yeah, Josh Dunkley's come out and said he's shocked that he's been linked to a move and uh, – He's staying put. But, that's what um, Dawson yeah, said. Yeah. Swell- <laughs> Dawson said that too, Dan. The ra- yeah, that's true. The rumours are all swelling because of uh, all these uh, players, that, particularly at in in the Western Bulldogs, that are dating netballers um, that are playing all around the country. So Dunkley's um, girlfriend is playing in Adelaide for the Thunderbirds. Ah. Uh, you've got Tim English. Tim English's partner is playing in, in WA as well. Um, okay. And there's rumours he's going to move to WA to be with her. Well, and this she's is also, the, um, yeah, a netballer. That's what Sorry, started go. the Adam Trelaw saga. Um, mm, exactly, yeah. So, and you'd want to tread cautiously after all that because that was a very messy situation and, you know, relationships were ultimately damaged in that whole thing and uh, kind of I feel like Trelaw's wife or partner was kind of made the scapegoat in yeah. that situation, which, like, is really unfair. Trelaw came out today and said how much he still loves Collingwood. Well, that's good. I'm glad. But he doesn't love Nathan Buckley anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, what about uh, Killing Heidi playing around one? How do oh, you feel yeah? about that? Look, 
I've met Ella Hooper. She's an, and I've seen her perform. She's an incredible. Not sure what Killing Heidi songs they're going to play. I feel like they probably could have gotten an Adelaide band uh, to do the set because uh, Adelaide bands haven't really been able to play any gigs and yeah. what better time for them to get some exposure and a nice little pay packet. Yeah, I agree. I think Killing Heidi will be fine. I'm sure they've got a few hits that everybody will know, but uh, would they be on Tex Walker's playlist, do you think? Not sure. We should have asked Hingy about that. Yeah. Um, Dan, if you were going to pick an Adelaide band to play on the big stage, and don't say I can't believe it's not Weezer, but uh, who who do you reckon <laughs> would be a good choice? I think West Everton would be a good choice, um, personally. Yeah. I think they tick the sort of bogan rock box as well as just being an all-round good band. And that was not that's not a knock on them. I think they just have that crossover appeal. That's a good um, pick, but uh, Reverend, uh, the lead singer, is actually a port man, so I can't see him playing round uh. one. No. For the Crows. But, that um, is true, actually. That's I do true. know that uh, Alex Cameron from Bad Dreams is a Crows supporter, so Bad Dreams could have been a, a nice pick, a bit more footy-orientated. Yeah. But, you know, that's not to say, uh, you know, they're not particularly local anymore. They are a bit of a national act these days. But um, I don't know. I would have picked old Ricky Arbeck. Get him up there. I was just going to say him from the last podcast. That would have been good. Yeah. Or the podcast before. I get, what they're, I get what they're trying to do, and, you know, they're trying to entertain the crowd and – if it Masses. means that they play less music after the goals, I'm all for it. Yeah, well, imagine <laughs> if it was just killing Heidi's weir after every goal. <laughs> <laughs> it would be better than we're sex on fire. Sex is on fire. We're all, we're all wondering if uh, the Crows are going to make it in the end, aren't we? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, boy. Good one. It's up to me to do a dad joke next week now. Everyone else killing is Killing Heidi puns. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, no, it should be good. Um, I never get there early enough to see <laughs> that kind of shit anyway. Yeah. So. Usually I'm walking in and hear the, yeah. fi- the opening of the first song. I always yeah. miss the bloody kickoff. I'm terrible. Yep. Not this year, though. No. We won't let that happen. No, we'll be there early putting our crocheted blankets. Yeah, and down. giving out stickers. And we also might come around and uh, get some comments from some spectators. So if you see us wandering around and you have something to say about the game, please come over and have a chat to us because we'd love to get you on the record, as they say, and uh, we might feature you on the pod. Yeah, we probably will, if you're funny. It uh, depends what you say. If yeah, mm, you're probably rude. not if you're sitting in the members because we won't be there. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> if you swear, you'll have to contribute to the Here We Crew swear jar because yep. it can't just be me putting money in there. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to the beer, Sam. Yeah, it was good. It was pretty placid. I think, I think Ben called it maybe pre-pot. I can't remember whether he said it anything, but it. Just playing some guitar. At least once every episode, Ben (laughs) has to make a loud noise. Uh, I even heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was beach ale. I think pretty well sums it up. It was four point seven percent of. Beer that was nice and clean, had no obvious faults to it. Super drinkable. Mine went pretty quickly again. Uh, I can't say anything bad about it. I probably wouldn't write a letter home about it either, but it's you know it was good. Yeah, it's quite nice. Yeah. Um, like I said, another easy to drink one. Yeah. Not too fruity. It's just like, yeah, it's definitely beer. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, I think with the weather today, you know, up in the mid-30s, just thought maybe something a little bit lighter and yeah, refreshing absolutely. and it seemed to – Hit the spot. I'm tending back towards these beers way more than I ever used to, or certainly in my beer obsession days. This is, you know, this is good. I'd actually really like to taste it um, off the tap. 
yeah. out of the keg. I yeah. think that might just add something to it, actually. Just like real cold. Yeah. Pod trip to Wallaroo. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Why not? Stay in the caravan park with Why your friends. I know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Dan? Yeah, I was into it. Um, I really appreciated it not being a beer that was going to knock me on my ass tonight, given that I've got COVID. So, um, <laughs> and uh, but also something that might potentially kill some COVID germs. So, thanks, Ben, for the choice. I think it was a, that nice mixture between those two things. No problems. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have another drink review next week, obviously, along with some more tunes uh don't forget to check out our spotify playlist if you liked any of the songs we played tonight might chuck up the new eels track so you can have a little listen to that uh i know you're all uh craving to hear some more of ben's music taste and uh that will come it will come yeah i wasn't given the invite tonight well we can't give one to you every week your hats will stop fitting yeah like eventually this podcast is just going to end up being ben on his own because um (laughs) nobody wants that (laughs) The people are demanding it. Anyway, thank you for tuning in to another Here We Crow. I think um, tonight was a bit of an awkward one for us, not having Dan in. We feel a bit uh, deflated with all this COVID stuff. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll be back to normal next week or the week after, but really looking forward to uh, Crows versus Fremantle this Sunday. Come say good day if you see us floating around, and we will see you next week. Thank you, Sam, Ben, and Dan. Thank you. Bye. Bye.